Good evening, everybody, and welcome back to The Haunted Collection with your host, writer, paranormal investigator, and haunted collector, Kevin Kane, joining you tonight on Halloween night to provide you with a little scary story or two before you go to sleep. Yes, I made it on Halloween night. I realize it's been about three weeks since I uploaded an episode. My father has been down because he had knee surgery, and I've been taking care of him, so I apologize for my absence, but I made it for Halloween night. And I need to keep this one short, but at least I'm sharing something with you. Uh, Before I do... Be sure, as always, to check out my website, myhaunteddolls.com. All of my books are out there, including my two most recent books. One of them being an inspirational book, if you're looking for a gift for Christmas. It's called Fear Not, Weep Not. Just something a little inspirational I wrote about some of the hard times I went through in life and some of the scriptures I love that apply and that help me to remember my faith. And for the scary story lover in your family, I have Dark Awakening and Other Tales for a Midnight Hour, which is a collection of short horror stories, original stories by me. The only way you can read those is to buy the book. So be sure to check that out. These are available online and on Kindle. And I've even got a few books on Audible, so check those out as well. Also on the website and the links, you can go to my YouTube channel, My Haunted Dolls, on YouTube, where I post videos of some of the paranormal captures from my haunted collection of dolls and paintings and other other strange items. In fact, recently I captured the footage of a ball jumping off of the table during one of my spirit box sessions with a haunted jack-in-the-box doll, so be sure to check that out. And now, without any further ado, let's go ahead with a really awesome, scary story. The story I'm about to share is frightening and perfect for Halloween night. It even has a little bit of a mix of urban legendary to it, which you'll probably recognize during the story. So sit back and listen to... Axe Murder Hollow Susan and Ned were driving through a wooded, empty section of highway. Lightning flashed. Thunder roared. The sky went dark in the torrential downpour. We'd better stop, said Susan. Ned shook his head in agreement. He stepped on the brake, and suddenly the car started to slide on the slick pavement. They plunged off the road and slid to a halt at the bottom of an incline. 
pale and shaking, Ned quickly turned to check if Susan was okay. When she nodded to let him know that she was all right, Ned relaxed and looked through the rain-soaked windows. I'm going to go see how bad this is, he told Susan. And with that, he went out into the rain. She saw his blurry figure in the headlight, walking around the front of the car. A moment later, he jumped in beside her, soaking wet. The car's not badly damaged, but we're will-deep in mud, he said. I'm going to have to go for help. Susan swallowed nervously. There would be no quick rescue here. He told her to turn off the headlights and lock the doors until he returned. Axe Murder Hollow Although Ned had not said the name aloud, they both knew what he had been thinking when he told her to lock the door. Perhaps even turning off the headlights wasn't just a suggestion to save some of the battery's energy. You see, this was the place where a man had once taken an axe and hacked his wife to death in a jealous rage over an alleged affair. Supposedly, the axe-wielding spirit of the husband continued to haunt this section of the road. Outside the car, Susan heard a shriek, a loud thump, and a strange gurgling noise. But she could not see anything in the darkness. Frightened, she shrank down into her car seat. She sat in silence for a while, and then she noticed another sound. Bump, bump, bump. It was a soft sound, like something being blown by the wind. Suddenly, the car was illuminated by a bright light. An official-sounding voice told her to get out of the car. Oh, Ned must have found a police officer. Susan unlocked the door and stepped out of the car. As her eyes adjusted to the bright light, she saw it. Hanging by his feet from the tree next to the car was the dead body of Ned. His bloody throat had been cut so deeply that he was nearly decapitated. The wind swung his corpse back and forth so that it thumped against the tree. Bump, bump, bump. Susan screamed and ran toward the voice and the light. As she drew close, she realized the light was not coming from a flashlight. Standing there was the glowing figure of a man with a smile on his face and a large, solid, and definitely real axe in his hand. 
she backed away from the glowing figure until she bumped into the car. Playing around when my back was turned, the ghost said in a low, husky voice, stroking the sharp blade of the axe with his fingers. You've been very naughty. The last thing she saw was the glint of the axe blade in the eerie, incandescent light. Now that was a horrifying Halloween tale. And now I'll share just one more tale for you to enjoy your Halloween night with. This one is a nice ghostly tale from South Carolina. A little bit of lore from their state. There's a lot of lore in the South. We love our ghost stories. And I hope you love this one called Dispatched. There was something odd in the tone of the dispatcher's voice when he called to tell me that a person needed picking up at Bromlett Road late one summer night in 1947. I shuddered when I heard the name of the street. I did not want to go anywhere near that area, especially at midnight. But I drove a yellow cab, and it was my job to pick up a call when it came. So I swallowed and headed toward Bromlett Road and the slaughter yards. I'd been out of town when the incident happened. I call it an incident, but it was murder, plain and not so simple. A fellow named by the name of Brown, who drove a cab with our company, was robbed and stabbed to death in his cab. The next day, a man named Willie Earl was picked up by the police and put in jail for the crime, though he denied doing it. Then a bunch of hotheads who drove cabs for our company gathered together passed around a bottle of whiskey and started talking about getting the fellow who'd stabbed Brown. One of the men went out and borrowed a shotgun and the mob drove to the jail and grabbed Earl and threw him in the back of one of the cabs. The hotheads took him to the slaughter yards and they dragged Earl forcibly from the cab and started beating him. One of the men pulled a knife and waded into the mob with it. Then Earl shouted, Lord, you've killed me! That's when the fellow with the shotgun put a bullet in his head, reloaded, 
and shot him twice more. When the mob was sure he was dead, they they climbed back into their separate cabs and fanned out, each heading back to the city by a different route. Eventually, word got out, and 31 fellows were arrested for this crime. But they were all acquitted by a jury of their peers. After the incident, the slaughterhouse section of Bromlett Road got a bad reputation. No one in the cab company much liked driving there, especially at night. Folks claimed it was haunted by the ghost of Willie Earl. I shivered as I pulled onto Bromlett Road and slowed down to look for my passenger. No one was there. I parked the cab and got out to have a quick smoke while I waited. All at once, the temperature around me plummeted. I froze in place, suddenly terrified, as someone moaned in terror from the other side of the road. The sound scraped my nerves raw. I could hear the unmistakable thud of hammering fists, and the darkness was filled with swirling black silhouettes pounding on something or someone. I fumbled for the icy cold door handle as a man shouted agony, Lord, you've killed me! I threw myself inside the cab as a gunshot exploded in the night, cutting off the man's cries. The shot was swiftly followed by two more. I squilled the tires as I spun the cab around, and then a tall, battered figure that glowed just enough for me to see its lolling head, the blood-stained, dead features, the knife-torn clothes blocked the road in front of me. I gasped in terror, floored the gas pedal and swerved around this thing, my heart hammering so hard that it slammed against my rib cage. I was still trembling when I slammed into the cab office a few minutes later and told the dispatcher that I was quitting right then. I grabbed my things and headed for home without any hesitation. There was no way that I was ever, ever going back to Bromlett Road ever again. And I never did.
Well, I hope you enjoyed this little Halloween episode, and I'm sorry I couldn't make it longer due to pressing personal reasons here, but happy Halloween, and I hope you've had a good evening and got lots of candy, maybe gotten some trick-or-treating in, and perhaps you'll watch a nice little scary movie once you've gotten back home, settled down on your sofa with the doors and windows locked and the lights out, or maybe... You might share a little ghost story around the fireplace. But however you decide to enjoy the rest of your Halloween Eve, just remember to do one thing for me. Have a happy haunting. (laughs) Until the next time, good evening.